0: This program is made possible by the giving of the God-Called Partners of Renner Ministries.
1: Hello, friends. My name is Denise Renner, and I want to welcome you to my program you know i never take it for granted that you're with me i know that you're very busy and you can do other things and and for you to sit down and be with me and I hear from some of you. It means so much to me. I hear healing testimonies. I hear testimonies where the Holy Spirit was speaking to you as we were together. And I'm so grateful to hear from you. And if you have prayer needs, that we really want to hear about. That's something we really want to hear about. Because in these times that we're living in, we need to draw together you know, the Bible says that not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as you see the day approaching. Well, <clears throat> the day of Jesus coming is approaching and, and we, not, we don't need to separate from one another. <clears throat> we need to come together as much as we can as we see this day approaching. Why would the Bible say that? Well, one reason it would say that is because evidently the writer of that scripture who was inspired by the Holy Spirit knew that we would need to support one another at that time, that you and I would do better (laughs) if we had each other to encourage, if you had someone to encourage you. So that's why I'm saying please call us and we want to pray with you. I know in my own life, if I can call somebody, and, and it doesn't happen a lot, but, but sometimes I need, I need to call somebody. I need to say, I need you to pray with me. And it means so much to me that somebody's on the other end of that phone. And they said, you know, I would love to pray with you. I want things to go well for you. I care about you. I want the Lord to strengthen you. And we need one another's encouragement. So if you need help in prayer, please let us know. Well, we've been talking about on these programs (coughs) about being others-minded and about the power of your testimony. Because when you give your testimony, it gives glory to God because it's something that he did. But when you give your testimony, (laughs) it's others minded You know, it's just like the woman with the issue of blood. (laughs) Why did she want to touch Jesus' garment? How did she know to touch Jesus' garment? The Bible says she heard what Jesus was doing. She heard, maybe she heard that somebody's blind eyes were open or somebody's son who was demon-possessed, that he was free, or somebody who couldn't walk was walking. We, we don't know exactly what she heard, but she heard somebody's testimony. Somebody was telling something. And she, in her terrible state of living, of bleeding for 12 years, heard a testimony. And it encouraged her so much that she said, I just know that if I just touch just his clothes that I'll be healed which is amazing that she had that kind of faith and you know that she did and she touched Jesus' clothes and Jesus felt the power go out, go out of him and he spoke to her and it says that she went away in peace and she was completely healed but why was she completely healed? What opened the door to that? Somebody's testimony and that's what you have is your testimony. Well, we're talking about others-minded, and I want to show you in the scriptures, we've talked about this before, about what Jesus did uh, with feeding the 5,000, or scholars say it may have been thirty to 40,000, but uh, I want to talk to you about it from a different perspective. And so go with me to Luke chapter nine and it's verse 11. And it says, and when the multitudes knew it, they followed him. Who were they following? They're following Jesus. And he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. (laughs) Now I was thinking about this. And I thought, you know, Jesus, of course he was God in the flesh, but the Bible says that he put aside his Godhood and that he was 100% 100 man also. So he felt fatigue. How tiring is it to pray for all these people and that they get healed or to preach about the kingdom of God? He didn't preach. I don't think he preached for 15 minutes. I can't imagine Jesus preaching just for 15 minutes. He had so much inside of him. He must have opened up the scriptures, opened up the wisdom that was inside of him and preached about the kingdom of God. And and then he healed all those that were sick. So I'm sure he was pretty tired. Well, look at verse 12. When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For they were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. Well, Jesus, you know, he could have, like those disciples said, he could have sent them away. 12 people. Can you imagine that? Now, 12 people telling you what to do is quite a lot of pressure. Have you ever had 12 people telling you what to do? Maybe you have. You know, maybe you uh, have older children and they tell you what to do. Or, or you have people around you that are your peers and they're telling you what to do. Well, so if that's happened to you, you can understand what Jesus was going through at this time, because all 12 of them were telling Jesus to send these people away. But Jesus was others minded. Was Jesus tired? I really believe that Jesus was tired. Probably the disciples were tired. But Jesus didn't say, no, I'm going to send them, I'm going to send them away. He said, no, we're going to feed them and we're going to give them something to eat. And can you imagine those disciples? Okay, so first of all, Jesus stands up to his peers, his disciples, 12 of them who are telling him what to do. You can relate to that, people telling you what to do. And what do you do when people tell you what to do? Well, you've got to go with the conviction of your heart. Well, Jesus, he, he knew the voice of God. The disciples at that time, they didn't know the voice of God, but Jesus knew the voice of God. And what was the Father telling him to do? The Bible says that Jesus said, I do what my Father tells me to do. So we know that Jesus was hearing from the father and the father was saying, feed these people. So he tells them to give them something to eat. Well, I mean, can you imagine those disciples? Let's just, let's just think of it really as real as we can. They've all told Jesus what to do. Jesus has said, no, we're not going to do that. He said, we're going to feed them. And then they say, well, What are we going to do? And and they say, are we going to go into town and we're going to buy food for all these 5,000 people or maybe 30,000 people? Well, that didn't sound like the answer. But Jesus knew what to do. And Jesus said, what do you have? And they said, well, we just have these two tiny little fish and i've told you before my husband he studies the greek it wasn't wasn't two big fish it wasn't five big loaves it was two it was five minnows and it was it was it was two minnows and it was five crackers it was a very little amount and and so here they are they have this tiny amount in their hand And Jesus says, give me what you have. Well, that's a pretty powerful statement right there. Give me what you have. What does this have to do with others minded? If we give Jesus the little that we have, he's going to bless it and he's going to multiply it and it's going to touch others. Now, I've been talking to you on these programs about your testimony and that you need to give that testimony because others are are really hurting. This world is hurting. They, They wish there was a God that you know. They wish He was like that that he could help them, that he did care about them, that he did love them. They don't know. They don't know that he cares about them. They don't know that he loves them. They don't know that with every drop of blood that poured off of his body, it was for them. They don't know that. And we've got to give the little that we have our, maybe you want to call it our two fish and our five crackers, our little bit our little testimony. But God, when we give that into his hand, he will multiply it and he will bless it. So the disciples, they give Jesus the very little that they have. And of course, Jesus took it. Jesus wants whatever we're gonna give him because whatever we give him, he's gonna multiply it. And it's gonna be for others. When Jesus took that, those little fish and that, those five crackers, he wasn't thinking about how tired he was or maybe even how hungry he was. He was thinking about others. Don't diminish your small little, little, what you would call little fish and five crackers. Don't diminish it. Because if you give it into the hand of Jesus, it's going to be a blessing to somebody else. Now, as you know the story, Jesus blessed this small amount and it multiplied. It it multiplied to feed, scholars say, between thirty and 40,000 people. And not that they just got a little, but in the language, the Greek language, it means that they were completely satisfied. They were so full with the fish and with the crackers. So by this miraculous power, Jesus was multiplying this food because he was others-minded. Now, what's the one thing that they needed? Food. What was the little that they had? Food. Who gave thanks? Jesus. Do you need to give thanks over the little that you have? I would say so. Now, look at this. He gave thanks. Thankfulness is others minded and complaining is self minded. What if Jesus, He said, Okay, have them sit down. What do you have? Well, we just have, Lord, we just have these little fish and these five crackers. And Jesus said, That is not enough for these 30 or 40,000 people in front of us. Are you kidding? No, Jesus didn't say that. (laughs) Jesus gave thanks. How powerful is giving thanks? How powerful in your life, in my life, is giving thanks for the little that we have. Refusing to complain or refusing to compare our little (laughs) to somebody else's much. How powerful is it that we give thanks How powerful was it when Jesus gave thanks? It fed a multitude. Now, you look at it with me. That's all that happened. Look at this. So he said, make them sit down. And they did so and made them sit down. Then Jesus took the five loaves, the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them, and gave them to the disciples, and set them before the multitude. And they all ate and were filled, and the twelve baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. Not only. Did he multiply it to a point where all these thirty to 40,000 people were completely full, but there were 12 basketfuls left over? Hmm. When we give thanks, we open the door to heaven to do something in our little. And we cannot put a limit on what God can do. Now we see the miracle, which is completely a miracle, that two little fish and five crackers would feed 30 to 40,000 people. But to have 12 baskets left over, that's exceedingly abundantly above all that those disciples could have ever thought. Because They were feeding all these people. I'm sure they were hungry, but they probably were thinking, well, there'll be enough left over for us to eat. Not only was there enough left over for them to eat, there was enough left over them to each have their own big baskets. God wants to shock us with how much blessing he will bring upon you when you and I recognize how blessed we are and we thank him for our little. Many, many years ago, my husband and I, we lived in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and we were out of the will of God, and that's just the absolute truth. And we were really experiencing poverty. And our refrigerator had so few items in it. Well I read this book that said you could be thankful for what you have. And I read a story of a man who would walk by his empty refrigerator every day and say hallelujah. And God blessed this family and people brought food to them. And all he did was look at the refrigerator and say hallelujah and be thankful. Well, I thought, well, my refrigerator, it hardly has anything in it. And so I'm just going to walk by my refrigerator and I'm just going to say hallelujah. And friends, I walked by my refrigerator every day and I looked at that refrigerator and I said, hallelujah, I'm so thankful for all the food that's in that refrigerator. I'm so grateful to you, God, for all your provision that you've given me. And I would just give him thanks. Was anything in the refrigerator? Very, very little but I was giving him thanks. Just like Jesus. Jesus had very, 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 very little, but he gave thanks. Well, in my story, what happened was, I gave thanks and gave thanks and gave thanks. It was about, it was a little bit over a week. And somebody called us and said, you know what? God has spoken to our heart and we just want to go and go buy all the groceries that you need. Tell us what we need, what you need, and we're going to go buy them for you. And they brought in sacks and sacks and sacks of groceries. And I was a happy, happy lady putting them inside of that refrigerator. God multiplied our little, but all I did was give thanks. What little do you have? that you need to give thanks for. And when you give thanks, it's not gonna just bless you, but then you give your testimony, it's gonna bless others. I know that when I gave my testimony just now, that some of you went, wow, that's encouraging. I'm gonna start thanking God for the little that I have. And then you're going to see multiply. And then you're going to give your testimony. And somebody's going to hear your testimony. And they're going to say, I'm going to start thanking God for the little that I have. And it's going to be a blessing to somebody else. That's the power of your testimony. And that's the power of being thankful. When we're thankful, we give God something to work with there was no possible way ever that you could divide two small fish and five crackers into enough tiny little tiny pieces to feed 30 to 40,000 people but when jesus gave thanks the power of god came and multiplied what was in his hands what do you have in your hands that you need to give to Jesus? And let him multiply it. And let him bless it. Don't complain about it. Don't compare what you have to what somebody else has. Look at what you have and thank God for it. Make thanksgiving a part of your home for whatever you have. Because when we have a thankful heart, it brings the presence of God into our, into our homes. When you're thankful for the little that you have, it opens the door for God to be the blesser and God to be the multiplier. But when we complain, oh, I want to read you this scripture. And it's in Philippians, and it's chapter 2. And now the Apostle Paul, talk about somebody who could have complained. He was in a terrible prison. And scholars have said that the prison that he was in, that he was standing in sewage. Can you even imagine that? I mean, death is all around him. It's the worst prison. But he's giving thanks. And actually the book of Philippians is called the book of joy because he rejoices in that book or the word rejoicing, rejoiced, rejoicing is in that book 19 times. And he is giving thanks and rejoicing over his situation. Now, listen to what he writes in this horrible situation that's he's in that if anybody could complain, he could complain. Verse 14 of chapter 2, it says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in a midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. When we give thanks, when we refuse to complain, we become harmless in this world, and we become shining lights. Do you see we become a blessing for others? When you're giving thanks, you're others-minded. When we're complaining, we're thinking about self. The Apostle Paul, above all people, he could have been complaining, but he was telling them, don't complain. Don't complain because you need to be harmless in this world and you need to let your light shine. What is the little that you have? I talked to you on other programs about your testimony. Friend, I'm so serious about this because I'm thinking about this lost world and, and I'm thinking about the problems that people have and I'm thinking about how they don't know there's a living God. They wish there was. They don't know about him. I've talked to people who didn't even, and this is in the United States. I've talked to people in the United States who didn't even know about Jesus. I talked to somebody in the United States and I was said that God loves you. And they said, Who? I've told so many people that God loves them. And you know what they say? I hope. People don't know. And what do you have to give them? You have your testimony. Tell them how God saved you. Tell them how God provided for you when you had nothing. Tell them how God healed your body. Tell them how God gave you peace when you shouldn't have peace. Tell them how He fixed a relationship that was seemed to be destroyed and no hope for it. Tell them. Because they're desperate to hear that there's a living God. Give what you have. Be others minded. Friend, we're out of time. I love you. The reason I'm telling you this to be, to give your testimony is because Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says, we overcome him, the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony your testimony has overcoming power in it so give your testimony i love you we're out of time and i'll see you on our next program
0: all of us want our relationships to grow and improve for example don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now even if things are going well you probably see areas where it could be improved right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include, Help, my mouth is making trouble for me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, This series is so awesome, every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, Who Stole Cinderella for just $15? With genuine warmth and candor, Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. Don't miss this special offer. The entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.